Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. We've been um, talking about always winning for a few weeks now. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Now thanks be to God who always... Always, 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 always leads us in triumph. It says always. You don't have to repeat it. That just means always. So it's always, 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 always. It's continuous. He always leads us in triumph. Always leads us to win. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory how? Through Jesus. He gives us the victory, how? Through Jesus. How? Through Jesus. So that means you don't have to work it up. That means you don't have to try real hard. It's, see, it's through Christ. Everything we have that we receive from God is through Christ. We're in Christ, and we receive because of Him. We receive through Him. It's not because of you. It's not believing real hard. What you're believing is that you receive it in Christ. You receive, you win because you're in Christ, not because, you, you know, you're so special or I'm so special, but because Jesus bought and paid for us to win. He bought and paid for everything we need, so you are believing you're able in Him. So if you ever have trouble believing that you're able to do something, you need to switch it to, is He able to do, do it? If you focus on that, it's easy to believe. We're a lot better in Christ and look a lot better in Christ than we do outside of Christ. And your, your circumstance looks a lot better when you consider it in Christ than when you consider it outside of Christ. I mean, that's just you. And so that's the challenge is continuing to believe that. And so last time we were talking about um, resisting the devil. We're going to pick up there because we didn't cover everything we need to. That... Um, we need to know that there is a devil, and you know we've talked about that at different times. But we need to know that if you're going to win, you are going, as a Christian, you are going to have to resist the devil. Okay, it's not enough to know that you're supposed to. It's not enough to know, you know that, that there is a devil. It's not enough to know that he might you know, try to steal from you. You need to know that if you're going to win, you're going to need to resist him. It's not going, that's part of it. And you're going to need to know that he's going to try to push you and he's going to try to steal what God has given you. There's no question. You don't have to confess anything for that to happen. He's just going to try to steal from you and take it. If you believe the word, what he's after is your belief. He's after your faith. And he's going to come, try to bring circumstances against you, try to bring pressure so that you'll give in. And so on the path to victory is resisting. It, it always is that case. If you think you're just going to skate by and you're not going to have to resist something, you're believing the wrong thing, I'm believing the wrong thing, whoever it is. And if we're just hoping that, well, maybe we don't have to, I'm just tired of resisting. We're not, we're, we're not believing the right thing. We're not going to do the right thing. 
Now, we've talked about this. We're going we're gonna to read some of the scriptures we read last time. You are not, and we talked about this generally, you know, as far as, yeah, there is a devil. You're going to have to fight. But I want to talk about specifically that there is a resisting the enemy. You don't make a big deal about him. You don't, you don't uh, glorify the devil. You don't make uh, a big deal about your circumstances, but there is a resisting, and specifically, there is an evil force aligned against you. You need to know that. Again, we, we said last week, you, there's two ditches. You can either be way over here believing, people believe there's no devil, uh, I don't believe that, you know, and they don't, they don't talk about it at all, and everything that happens, I guess, is God. I mean, that's where people get into to theology that's unbalanced. Or you can think everything's the devil. Every time the devil's after me, I'm fighting the devil, and the devil did this, and the devil, that's not good. Yes. Don't talk about him all the time. It's, it's in the middle. There is a devil. There is evil. But he's defeated, and we have authority. And he will try to, to steal from you, but you have authority over him, and you can be victorious anyway. So if you go in the opposite, one of these ditches where everything's the devil, you're going to be afraid, and you're going to always be fighting the devil. But if you just go like, well, there's no devil, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to fight right. You're going to be, well, I mean, you're not going to resist, or you're going to be mad at God, or you're going to be mad at people. And so there's a balance. And so we need to understand uh, the truth of God's word so we can act appropriately. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians 1.12. We read this last week. We'll just read it tonight. It says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. You got that one? Colossians 1 verse 12. It's like it's pretty close to the beginning. Colossians 1.12 through 14. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. So verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He, God the Father, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So He's delivered us from the power of darkness and He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we are delivered. We need to know that. Go back to um, Hebrews 2.14 real quick. We'll read that one too. You have Hebrews 2.14? It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise also shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. So it says he himself also likewise shared in the same, that means he was like us, he, he walked like us, that through death he might destroy him or render powerless him, him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus came and he rendered powerless the devil. Okay, that doesn't mean, it, you know, that says destroy in the New King James, but that word means render powerless, break the power of. That means he doesn't have any power, but that doesn't mean he's gone. Okay, those are two different things. So 
we, uh, or, or Jesus has rendered him powerless. Now go, um, go to Luke 4, verse 1. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, I don't think, but this is um, the, the account of Jesus being tempted by the devil. And I just want to see show you, Jesus, he resisted the devil. And so we now, we just read in Hebrews, we just read in Colossians, we've been, re- we've been uh, delivered from the power of darkness that Jesus or God destroyed him who had the power of death, the devil. So when we're looking at Jesus here, this is what now we are qualified to do. And we're going to read some more scriptures about our authority. But I want you to see how Jesus is resisting. That's how we're going to resist. And that's what we have the authority to do. And it's going to look the same. If, it, if he came at Jesus, he's going to come at you. And if Jesus was able to resist him, you're going to resist him only in Jesus' authority. But you're going to do it the same way. It's going to look the same, same, same way as it looks here. It's not going to, um, it's going to be specific to your circumstance. So it's not going to, the devil does not preface his comments or his thoughts by saying, this is the devil. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to tempt you. I'm here to get you off of God's word. I'm after your faith. Here's what I have to say. He doesn't say that. In fact, he won't say that it's him saying anything. It'll more be a thought like, I don't know how I'm making it through this. I don't see how, how I'm going to have victory this time. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to get past this physical challenge. Or a, an image of something bad happening. That's how it's going to hit you. But here we say it very explicitly, the devil tempting, the, tempting Jesus. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. I guess. Sometimes we can't make it, you know, till the next meal. All of us, you know, 40 days. Verse 3, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So what's he hitting Jesus with? He's hungry. He's hungry and the devil says, yeah, you can do this. Just just command the stone to become bread. Verse 4, Jesus answered him saying, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So he comes back at him with what the word says and comes back at him pushing back. So when you have thoughts that contradict the word, you know that's not from God. Okay, God is not contradicting his word to you. So if we have thoughts, know those thoughts had their origin with Satan one way or another. Okay, Satan's probably not in your house trying to give you thoughts, Satan himself, but he has put these things into the world through all kinds of avenues over the centuries. Now people repeat them. People you know may have repeated them. You could have seen them, you know, at work or heard things on the news or whatever. Somehow they enter into your mind. You could have thoughts. I mean, there are, there are demons, there are imps that, you know, you try to plant thoughts. But however it comes, it could have come you know, three years ago into your consciousness and now something is popping up trying to put pressure on you. That's why we have to be careful about what we let in, in our eyes and our ears and uh, in our senses because that, that's just, those are gates where the, the devil can push on you. 
And so they, these things have anything that's negative that's against God's word. It had its origin with Satan one way or another. And so we need to know that if it contradicts the word, what do we do? We resist it. So Satan will try to convince you that, no, it's God. You know, this, you know this, might, this, this bad thing might happen, but it's God trying to warn you. Okay, if God was actually leading you and warning you and prompting you, there's a, a, a leading in a peace. It's not fear. God's not leading you by fear. He'll just tell you, step this way and go this way. And don't go there. You don't need to know why. But a dread, a fear, this is going to happen, so don't do that's That's not God. God does not, God's not the author of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it's not God. And Satan will try to cloak himself like God and be like, well, no, you, you better watch that. If it's fear, it's not him. If it's anything that would contradict other scriptures, it's not him. It's not God trying to get through to you, but you, Satan's crafty. So he'll try to, to convey and uh, represent himself as God. Verse 5 says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, I, it, it will all be yours. All of it will be yours. Verse 8, And then Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So Satan is tempting him. He has authority. He is bringing this to God or to, to Jesus. But, but Jesus responds and says, no, get behind me. I am going to serve God. Verse 9, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of a temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw, himself, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Verse 11, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So he is, he's combating with Scripture. He's resisting the devil with Scripture. Again, we've talked about this in previous times. You're going to have to push through to victory. And what the devil is after is trying to get your faith. You're not fighting him per se. You're fighting to be at rest and to be in faith. And so if you can remain at rest, if you remain in faith, then the path is victory. God is leading you. Jesus is leading you in victory. But Satan, Satan specifically is going to try to push on you. And so what do we do? We resist him to stay in that peace, to stay in that rest, to take authority over him. No, he doesn't have authority over you. He will try to convince you he does. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to do it through this person. I'm going to bring this to pass. And it might not sound like that, but it, it can feel like uh, what he's trying to convey is you're helpless. This is what's going to happen and watch it. Just you, you, you can't you can't stop it. That is a lie. What are you resisting him from stopping it? You can take authority over him. You're, but if you, you're, you state in the face of that, no, the word of God says. No, I am going to go over. No, I will have victory. He's trying to get you, push you to yield to him, and he's trying to convince you you can't stop it. He's trying to convince you you don't have the authority. He's trying to convince you you don't have the power. That's what we resist because it's a lie. Just like he's lying to Jesus is the same way he's going to lie to you and me. 
And so he's going, he's a con. He's trying to get you to believe that he does have power over you. The only way Satan has power over us is if we yield it to him. So we see Jesus doing this. We see him walking in power. We see him resisting. And so this is what we're to do now on the earth with his authority. Okay, we're talking about victory. We're talking about winning. How, how do we win if in the earth you see so much destruction? You see so much turmoil. How would we be any different? If we know who we are in Christ and know our rights and privileges, that and we act on it. It's not enough to know it. We have to act on it. We resist anything to the contrary. And so then we have victory because we don't succumb to defeat that the enemy would bring. And we actually have the authority to, to succeed, to come over. Because so, Jesus gave us that authority. Look at Matthew 28, 18. Some of these we read. We're going to read these and I uh, think more. Uh, but Jesus gave us authority. So here's a key. The or, or God is not going to resist the devil for you. Did you hear me? You, if you pray to God, God, get, get the devil off of me. God, make these things stop. That is an unscriptural prayer. There's nowhere in the Bible where it tells us to pray to God to do something about the devil. What we're going to read are scriptures that tells us that we have authority to do something about the devil. And if we don't do something, nothing will be done. Okay, this is really what we want to get over tonight when we're talking about resisting the devil is that is not optional. If we don't do it, nobody else can do it for you. I'm going to say that again. If you don't resist the devil, no one else can do it for you. They can't do it for me. So we're going to we're we're, we're we have to push back. We we have to know we have the authority to do it and we have to do it. And we 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 have to walk in it. Otherwise, there's no difference between us and an unbeliever. It doesn't matter that you're hearing a sermon right now. That's irrelevant if we don't do something with it. It doesn't matter if we know what the Word of God says. It's irrelevant if we act like it's not true. We're the same as anybody else that doesn't have the rights and privileges in Christ. So we need to know it, and then we need to act on it. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says in verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them. This is when He's going to send to heaven. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Notice. All authority. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. See, what he's doing, and we'll see this uh, clearly in another version. He's saying, it's been given to me. You go. See, he's commissioning him. He's saying, I've got the authority. Now you go. He's commissioning them, and he's telling them, you have my authority. How is he? He's telling them to go in the authority that he has with the authority he has, which is now ours. Look at the, this in the message. In the message, uh, verse 18, it says, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptizing them in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Notice he said, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. So in the authority, God has commissioned, given Jesus the authority, the name that's above every name. And in that authority, he commissioned us, authorized us to go out. So we have authority. We have the authority of Jesus. 
Look at uh, 1 Peter 5.8. Read this as well, but we're going to look at it in a, a few versions and then go a little bit further. But notice, these are telling us then, that, that said that Jesus had his authority, he gave it to us. Here, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may, may devour. May. That means he can't devour everyone. That means if he could, it wouldn't be may. It'd just be like he's just going to kick the door down and do what he wants. Okay, so there is a resisting, but he can't just steamroll you. If he could, it wouldn't be reading like this. Verse 9, it says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Here's the thing. If you didn't have the authority to resist him, then it wouldn't say this. It would just be like, well, if he, if he decides you're up next, that's it. Okay, you're done. But no, if you didn't have the authority to resist him, you couldn't resist him. You couldn't stop it. Okay, we're talking about winning. On the path to winning, we're going to have to resist something. But the thing is, we have the authority to resist, and so we just have to walk in it. Now, part of what Satan is going to do, or indirectly, like we talked about through all these things, is going to try to get you to feel like it's not possible and you're losing. And get you to act like you don't have the authority. See, he came to Jesus. Satan came to Jesus, and he, he's pushing on him. Jesus could have folded. Jesus could have said, oh, I am really hungry. Okay. Oh, well, I, sh you know, I, wow, you said that so I can throw myself off and the angels will, will catch me. Oh, I'll worship you. Yeah, because I want control. We can't imagine Jesus doing that, but he could have. He could have done it. He was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. In the NLT, verse 9, 5, 1 Peter 5, verse 9, it says, Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm. Well, you can't stand firm against somebody if, they're just, if, they, if they can knock you out at any point. You can't stand firm. You just get steamrolled. No, you have authority. It said, it would, the Bible wouldn't tell you to do something you couldn't do. It says, Stand firm. The CEV says, but you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. You must resist and stay strong. You may resist. No, it says you must. You must resist. You have to. If you're going to win, you have to. If you want to fold up and have the same you know, ending as people without God, then you don't resist. Nobody said it was easy. And in the fact, in the middle, when you're getting pressed on, it's not easy. It's not easy on your flesh. It's not easy on your mind. You have to believe something, and you have to push past and say, I don't care. I'm going to believe God anyway, and I do have the victory. It, just, it may not look like it, but what Jesus said is true. I do have the authority. It may feel like this is hopeless, but I have the authority, and so I'm going to stick to that. That, that. Nobody said that's not easy. But it is simple, and we can do it, otherwise God's a liar. If he's told us to resist, but we say, I just can't, or I'm trying, I'm not mocking that. We've all been there where we feel like, we don't feel like we have the ability, we don't have the strength to go forward. We don't, we feel like just crawling into bed and, you know, closing the shades and just saying that's it. We, we've all felt like that. That pressure comes to everybody, but in the midst of that, we can do what the Lord said we could do, and we can do it in his authority, and we can have results regardless, because he said he always leads us in triumph. That means when it looks the darkest, we still have the authority to win. 
but we're going to have to resist. Ephesians 4, 26. Ephesians 4, 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. It says, nor give place to the, uh, to the, the devil. Ephesians, uh, the same verse in the Amplified Classic, it says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. You would not have to give him opportunity if he could do whatever he wants. So when he's pushing on you, if he's already got the victory, if he can already knock you around, you don't have to give him a, uh, uh, an opportunity. He can do it anytime he wants. So that shows he's lying when he's putting pressure on you. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, why didn't you do it five years ago? Well, I was waiting for this time. Why would you do that? Why don't you just take me out when I was six months old? Because you can't. Well, I'm going to do it now. Again, why haven't you done it the last hundred times you've told me that? You're lying. But see, it feels real. Like we said several weeks ago, it, you know, the lies are, don't come in just 2D on you know, black and white paper. They come in 4D. They come in visuals and with feelings and, and all kinds of stuff that try to make you experience the reality of where the devil's trying to lead you. That's all made to, to design to try to get you to give him an opportunity. But if you don't give him an opportunity, then he can't do anything. So he's trying to get us to cooperate. So what do we do with, when he tries to do that? We resist it. In the CEV, it says, don't give the devil a chance. Don't give him a chance. Don't give him a chance. Well, I don't need a chance. You're lying. I'm not going to give you a chance. Right. See, when he's trying to get you to believe that it's over is when he's trying to get you to give him a chance. As soon as you cooperate with him and say, well, I guess I don't, you just let him in. Mm -hmm. See, he'll try to make you think that it's over so that you'll let him in so that he can defeat you. The fact is, he's pushing on you. The thoughts are pushing on you when you actually still have a chance, when he's acting like you don't have a chance. Acting like the battle is over when actually the battle is raging and you're winning. But he's trying to get you to believe it's over. And as soon as you think it's over, he's like, oh, that's all I needed. When in fact, he had no chance. You just gave him the chance. You know, it'd be like, you know, somebody that has no chance in some competition, you know, sporting event trying to convince somebody that's clearly superior, superior that it's over, fooling them in some way so that they open the door when, in fact, there was no way the person was going to win. But they were tricked. They believed a lie. And so they gave opportunity. James 4, 6. So these are, these are verses showing that we do, in fact, have authority because they wouldn't read the way they did. They, they would say the devil's going to come in and do whatever he wants. It wouldn't say give him a chance. It wouldn't say resist him. And here, 
We see another one. James 4, 6 says, He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the, the humble. Verse 7, Therefore, <clears throat> submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Therefore, submit to God. So make sure you're, you're following God. Resist the devil, and he will flee for, from you. So again, it tells you to resist him. You couldn't resist him if you didn't have the authority to do it. It wouldn't tell you to resist him if you weren't supposed to do it. It wouldn't tell you to resist him if you weren't going to have to do it. And then it says he'll flee from you. See, that's verse, Satan, I'm sure, does not like that verse because it says when you do resist him, he will flee. He will. He, do, he doesn't have a choice, but what do you say? Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to flee. See, I'm still here. As long as, as long as you believe that he doesn't have to flee, then he won't flee. Amplified Classic says, be, so be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. What does it mean to stand firm? It means you're not moving. Firm, you know, when you're negotiating. What does what your, you know, your firm price mean? It means I'm not moving. Well, what if they come back five times? I'm not moving. I'm firm. You're standing firm. What if they really lowball you and you know, act like you're never going to get another offer? I'm standing firm. I'm not moving. Standing firm means I don't care what you do. I'm firm. Firm means you're not moving. Well, that's what, see, it says you stand firm against him. It doesn't mean, oh, I resist you. Oh, you didn't move. Okay, never mind. Right. You know, like if you're negotiating, oh, this is my price. Oh, you want that? You know, it's $50,000 less. Okay, I'll do it. I was just faking. <laughs> I was just trying to get you to go up, you know, but I, I stink at this, so okay. No, it, the devil's not stupid. He's, what, what do we say? He's trying to push you to get you to release something. That does, he's not like, oh, poke, oh, they, they gave up, or they didn't give up, so okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going away. Did you notice? I, you don't have to put this back up, but when the devil was tempting Jesus in verse 13, it says, uh, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. <laughs> Jesus. This was Jesus. The devil was tempting him, and the devil departed to come back to Jesus at a more opportune time. If he wasn't leaving Jesus alone, don't even think he's not going to leave you alone. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I won. Oh, so I'll never see the devil again. No, he's, he's a persistent cuss. He's, he's, a, he's a jerk. And he's, he, he's, he's looking to push you so that you'll give in. And so if we have to stand firm, we have to be like, no, answer still, no, no, leave. No, I told you, go. I'm not changing. In the Passion Translation, it says, so then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Stand up to him. See, that's so many times what he's like. He's a bully. He's trying to push on you, getting you to yield. And if you'll just stand up to him, no, no, we're not doing it anymore. No, that's not going to happen. No, I am going through you, round you, under you, over you. It's your choice whether you're going to give up now, but you're, you, you have to yield. And so when we stand up to him, then it says he's going to run away. It's not saying you just because you, you blab something. You just say, well, I heard it in church. It's not a good reason. I... I I mean, it's good that we hear something in church, but you, we have to let it come more than somebody said. We have to know what the Word says, and we have to say, look, this is what's going on in my life. 
I'm not moving. I believe that because of what the word says, Jesus has given me authority. And so, Satan, you have no authority in my life. I'm standing up to you. You're, I'm not moving. And I will have what the Bible says I can have, period. And so that is on the way to victory. We are not going to have a victory, a great victory, without being pressed, without being pushed. So we need to know that. In closing, we'll just read this verse, 2 Corinthians 2.10 and 11. It says, For indeed, if I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes, for the presence of Christ. Verse 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, it's talking about something specific, you know, not forgiving and him taking advantage that way. But this applies to all our interactions in the spiritual realm. It says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The Amplified Classic, it says, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. We are reading these verses and we are studying this in relation to what we're talking about so that we know the devil's playbook. We know his, his uh, we're not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. That means what he's going to try to do. So when you see it coming, you know, oh, I heard about this. I read about this. Here's what I'm going to do. If I'm ignorant, he's going to try to take advantage of me. Oh, you're running that play. Well, here, I'm standing up. I'm going to stand firm. I'm not moving, and you have to go. No, I don't have to go. Yes, you do. The Word says it. You know, we know that you're going to try this because the Word says to resist you. The Word says that you're going to come just like you did with Jesus and throw a bunch of lies, and what I need to do is resist you and speak the Word back to you and you know, you're going to try to act like that's not true and I'm going to stand firm and then you're going to flee. And that's what's going to happen unless I fold. So what am I going to do? I'm going to run the play. But part of that is I can't be like, what? Me? I got to resist. I got to No. Then I heard about it. I thought it just, I don't, I don't want to have to do that. I want the victory. And on the way to the victory, we are going, Satan doesn't want you to have the victory. Satan doesn't want you being a witness. Satan wants to kill you. He wants to kill me. He wants us to go down. So he's going to do everything to try to get us to yield on the way to that victory. So what do we need to do? Resist him, and he's got to flee, and we have the authority. Jesus gave us the authority, the same authority. He walked in when we saw his interaction is the same authority he gave us. We see over and over that we're supposed to resist, not give a place to do, you know, submit to God. He'll resist the devil. He's going to flee from us. And if we'll do that, then we are being led to victory and we're going to be there. Satan cannot stop it. Amen. He can't stop it. He can't stop it. And that's the whole thing. He's going to try to get you to believe that he can and that you need to yield to him. We don't yield to him, then our victory is assured. Amen.